It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hank McCoy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay. And guys, it's our last Wednesday of the month. We're hanging out at Four Peaks Brewery down in Tempe, having a great time. We've got good food. We've got great beer and good vibes all around. Man. Oh, about the good vibes. Damn. I was well, Totri, <laughs> Totri was just trying to trade you. So. Well, Totri, I had good vibes. Can... Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't think the Can, vibes are good? No, 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 Lindsay, you okay. ruined my vibes earlier today, so oh. I'm done with this. How, how did that? Share with the people how the vibes got. So Lindsay's wearing this shirt that says "Hug Dealer." It? Hug I don't Dealer. Know, I can't see it. As soon as she got to Four Peaks today, Emma goes, "Lindsay gave me a hug." I said. I bet she doesn't let me give her a hug. I let's let's see how long I can hug Lindsay before she is repulsed by me. It took not even a second, not even a second. Matter of fact, we have a clip of this. No, please <laughs> don't at, put that. Look that is so embarrassing, awful, you guys. Look at how awful she looks compared <laughs> to me hugging her. I hate all of you. Okay, right she now. hates. Me. Hold on. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. It looks like you squeezed her so hard that like everything rushed into her head. Like, and hug dealer implies that she gives out the it's hugs. It's a deal to not be made. Not that she wants to accept. It doesn't said say hugs. free hugs. No. It says a hug dealer. We have to come Espo, to an agreement. Espo, in the time you have known me, how many times have I tried to hug anybody? You've hugged me one and a half times. And I think both were because I was having a mental breakdown. Yes, One and a half yes. Time. So it doesn't happen very no. often, right? It is a unique. It's almost like you just won the lottery when Saul Bookman gives you a hug. Nah, okay. I wouldn't say that. Well, I'm just saying. You know what? To be <laughs> but, fair, but 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 and this is the reason why I don't do it, folks. This is the reason why I don't have don't, don't any affection no, to no, anybody. No, it's because people reject this. me, oh, and I do not. not do well with rejection. Hold on, there. Therapist Espos here. Uh-huh. You you have obviously some uh, some issues here when it when it comes to uh, reciprocating love being reciprocated. And let me say this: you shouldn't give hugs with the expectation <laughs> that you're going to get them back. You just it should be that you're just giving them because you you want to express I care about you, not. I need you to tell me you love me. No, too. you know what it was. It was because you came <laughs> up all like, I don't know. You didn't come to like. It wasn't like you came with open arms. Like 
coming in for a hug. How do you give you a hug if you don't, don't have your arms me. open, Lindsay? You Please, ju- you just, do you hug people like this? That's how you rolled up on me is what I'm saying. You just rolled up on me and then all of a sudden there was a hug. And I I'm was sorry. like, I don't know what's happening I right didn't now. realize there were so many people out there without arms that were trying to hug you on a day-to-day basis. My bad for opening mine. No, you didn't come. With open arms. That's what I'm saying. Look at the tape. I'm like this, and no. I squeeze you, and you're just like, Bruh. She did. Bruh. Look at that face. It's so repulsed. I didn't oh know God. what was happening. I just don't want to be here anymore. You're, it's tough. You were the you were the Devin Booker to her Clay Thompson. This is I mean, true. you nice were welcoming there, and, Espo. You know, nice segue. Suck mine. Uh, so. <laughs> Devin Booker and Clay Thompson shenanigans were the talk of social media today. And a lot of people were complaining about what Devin said post game. Um, I think they were complaining about the trash talk or maybe they were complaining about what he how he had said what he said post game. Let's take a look at the video and then discuss. You know what they have. They have the four rings. So, you know, they're going to they're going to use that in. And all the trash talk, rightfully so, um, respectfully. They have four rings. <laughs> yeah, repeat it over and over. And they do. And they do. So, I don't know. I personally think it was how he said it because it was all nonchalant. And then he threw in the whole, like, respectfully, which I feel like people... Listen, sort of think might be a little petty these days. I don't know. People might want to dis- dissect this however they want. The fact of the matter remains that, that the Warriors last night, last night only, when they were getting it handed to them, their one defense and their one opposition was, hey, we got four rings and you got shit. That was their only thing that they could possibly argue in that game because they were getting it handed to them. And, and Devin Booker was basically pointing that out. Like, yeah, they just kept saying four rings. Like, like, Devin Booker right now at this point in time in his career really gives a shit how many rings the, the, the Warriors have. He wants one, yes. He would like to be in that position, yes. But let's not forget the fact that he was in the middle of one of the w- worst runs in franchise history that he has no control over in terms of personnel and the people surrounding him for damn a half a decade before mm-hmm. things started to improve. And once they put some people around him, they go to the NBA Finals. They have the best record in basketball. It's not like he's that far dis- detracted from possibly hoisting up a trophy himself. All he was pointing out was, hey, guess what? Cool. You guys got four rings. You guys will always have four rings. That's cool. But in this game, I whooped that ass. Look, I, I have no problem with the way you approach it. That That's Devin Booker after every game. There wasn't, a, to me, and granted I wasn't in the room, but... Uh, to me, that was just Devin Booker being Devin Booker. You know, I didn't feel there was there was disrespect there. Everybody's got to try to find some reason to hate it. What I saw out there was Clay Thompson being a man that realized Father Time has caught up to me, that I may no longer be in the conversation for being a top five or top ten shooting guard in this league, and that Devin Booker owned me. Uh, in this evening, so I'm going to default to the one thing I have over him, which is four rings, or two, if you want to say, or however many you want to give him credit for uh, actually being part of. But, like, that's what I saw, a guy that was just defensive and Devin Booker trying to show as much respect as he can in the situation. Well, I mean, 
I'm not going to give Booker that much credit as far as showing respect because he was respectful after the fact. And I, I said do as think, much respect I do, as you can give. I do think he <laughs> respects Clay Thompson because he even said, I used to want to be Clay Thompson. But that was more in resp- as far as what Clay was saying. We did ask Book what he said that got Clay so incensed. Um, and we do have the, the quote graphic here if we want to pull that up. Uh, I said respectfully I admire his game, but we're two different players and we play a different brand of basketball and different type of basketball. So if anybody's trying to do any type of comparison, there's nothing there, which is the most polite player rhetoric way of saying he's washed. Your time is gone. We're not in the same league But not only that, Klay Thompson has never been the number one on the Warriors. Ever. Ever. Devin Booker has been the number one on the Suns, and he continues to carry that load. And unless you are that guy... You don't understand what it takes to be that guy. So he can sit there and say four rings. Cool. You also got Steph, one of the greatest shooters of all time, as your counterpart, and you've had him since day one. You also brought in KD, one of the greatest small forwards, power forwards, whatever you want to say, shooting players in the league ever, right? Then you got Jordan Poole, who came out of basically nowhere, to save your ass a couple times last year in the playoffs. You've never been the top dog on your own damn team Enough with this shit. No, he, I mean, you could argue in some ways Draymond at times has had more impact on games as well. Look, I'm going to say this and I'm going to make it very clear. They are not even in the same zip code as far as, as overall talent. Clay is one of the greatest shooters of all time. Devin Booker is becoming a complete player, a little everything, can do all of it. Clay Thompson has never been that. The, the comparison comes from early on when Devin Booker came in. This, was Clay Thompson running point? Was Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson Clay- is, I, I, I won't go for that because I, what I will say is Clay Thompson is quite bo- possibly one of the top five two-way shooting guards of all time. He plays tremendous defense and plays tre- okay. and tremendous offense for about a seven, eight-year stretch. He was the guy. Devin Booker is a better all-around talent than Klay Thompson ever was in his career, and he's proving it. He proved it the last two years. It looks like he's well on his way to proving it again. Right. I, I'm not going to say anything to disrespect what Klay has achieved, but, no. yes, I, I do yeah. think that was kind of a eye-opening, like, your torch has been passed a while ago, dude. Yeah. Like, and, and I think for Clay, someone who's had to be patient with coming back from injuries, uh, had to work his way back, and had a lot of people t- questioning his impact, especially in last year's finals matchup where he didn't do too much. I, I think it is that might be why we saw him lose his cool for the first time ever and get ejected. It's, like, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough when you see the game start to pass you by and even though inside you you sit there and you think, like, I still have elite-level talent. I mean, it's literally happening. We've seen it happen in sports. Chris Paul could literally be going through that right now, but he's he's being able to to manage it in a way where it's not really affecting anything. Klay Thompson goes over 7 or over 8 or whatever he was last night. He only had two points. And then you see the direct opposite on the other team doing what he does as easily as Klay used to do it, and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that, like, my time has come in terms of being one of the elites in the league, and it's hard to swallow, especially when that dude's giving it to you. Well, shit, you you and I have had that moment in this business when you look at social. We both headed up social for companies, and now we're like, nah, that's... That's for the younger yeah, people. But, the, young but the, prob- the problem is, is I recognized it like day one. I was like, nah, 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 that's not my game anymore. Espo was, he was kind of, 
I still have my moments. He was kind of Tom Bradying it a little hey. bit. Like, oh, I still got it. Hey, I can still win a ring. Let me just say that. <laughs> I, I'm good enough to win a ring. But, uh, you know, look, what I do love is Devin Booker saying I used to want to be him is low-key saying he old as shit. Because, <laughs> because I've been in this league eight years and I used to want to be him. But uh, I, I don't need to want to be anymore. him anymore. Not anymore. I just want to be myself. I don't know. I just found this whole conversation super interesting because obviously we know on social media there are a ton of different opinions out there, which is totally fine. But I just think the opinion that Devin cannot talk shit because he hasn't won anything is just tired. It's yeah. stupid. Like it's it, really dumb. We're talking about sports, you guys. Y'all are on Twitter not even playing the game talking shit to each other. And you don't think the athletes who are playing the game should be allowed yeah. to talk shit until they win something. Right. So by that regards, you could. Why weren't you in these comments talking shit about Dame on Friday when he was talking shit to DA? Because Dame technically hasn't won anything either. Right. Dame, Dame has a watch though. So. Dame, Luca, Joel Embiid, <laughs> Devin, but like, but like, Juan Toscano Anderson can talk all the shit he wants. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Damian like, Lee, like he can go. talk all the shit he wants. There you go. All I know <laughs> is that trash talking is a part of sports, and it's something that makes it. There is a line, absolutely, yes. There is a line. But fun, banter, and even when things get a little spicy like it did last night between Book and Clay, that is a very fun part of sports that I don't want to go anywhere. Um, but I feel like the arguing on social media needs to just, like, settle down a little bit because I also, this is me being petty and throwing some shade at people on social media, but the fact that every single time we find ourselves in any sort of situation where we can talk some trash and all you want to do is go back to the past and not talk about the moment that that is in front of us. I'm like, okay, you gotta, you gotta wear your big boy pants. If you're going to come to the game and talk trash and all you're going to do is bring up the past. Like, let's just talk about this game right in front of us. Let's look, do that. Look, trash talking is not something that is, uh, uh is earned. It's bestowed from the basketball gods that some of the best trash talking, uh, shooting guards and small forwards were Reggie Miller and Eddie Johnson. Neither won a championship, but if I'm going toe-to-toe and trash-talking, I'll take those two. Gary De- Payton. Gary Payton, hell of a good trash-talker. Like, yeah. you don't need to win a title to trash-talk. And the UGA uh, Four Rings feels very much like Shaq going at Barkley on TNT. I don't give a shit. I think Charles Barkley was a more gifted basketball player than Shaq. Shaq happened to be get the genetics to be 7'1 and 300 pounds. Charles Barkley was 6'4 and busted his ass uh, for more than a decade in his career. Yep. And just because he doesn't have a ring doesn't mean Shaq has any business to talk about it. And I think that's the case in a lot of this. It, it's great. You have a ring. Congratulations. There's a lot of factors that go into Facts. that. I mean, I'm not putting Barkley ahead of O'Neal all time, but yeah, no, I, well, I, I get the You're overall wrong. point. I, so. I, I get am. the overall point. Jeez, Gerald. Pound for pound, I'm Charles Barkley's a much better player. In than our Shaq. hearts, too. I think sure, but <laughs> well, guys, Gerald Damn. enjoys being wrong on this program a lot. Guys, that's just objectively bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't do that. Oh my goodness! Well, we are hanging okay. out at Four Leave Peaks Gerald, today, <laughs> and it is a great place to grab some food, grab some drinks watch games at like four peaks has it all you guys and i just want to remind you that the coyotes play their inaugural home game 
at Molot Arena this Friday, and you can come on down to Four Peaks and join our PHNX Coyotes crew for our tailgate slash watch party. It's free to enter. You can also enjoy $3 beer specials and watch on a 20-foot jumbo screen. So register through the link in our show notes if you want to come down and hang out with us this upcoming Friday. Also, you can hook yourself up with some discounted beer from Four Peaks. That's right. We're talking $15 for a 24-pack of the Fall Variety Pack this Saturday only at Four Peaks Wilson Tasting Room on Wilson Street from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The first 50 people that get there will also get a free Oktoberfest shirt. Just a reminder, though, in order to drink Four Peaks beer, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. So, Underdog Fantasy. Yes. I, I love your fantasy show that you guys do. You have may, you ever actually yes, watched I it, have. Lindsay? I actually have. Okay. Yes, thank you very <laughs> much. Right. I don't believe you, but all right. What are the colors? So far, you've done really good on Underdog Fantasy. And Underdog Fantasy is one of the most fun ways to play fantasy sports and potentially earn a lot of money while doing it. Espo, you had a pretty good week on your kind of guessing, your pickums and the highs and lows and your drafts and whatnot. Uh, what do you think the people should be doing on Underdog Fantasy right now? Well, look, they should have elite skills like mine and watch the <laughs> fantasy show to earn some money. But look, the pickums are, are where it's at for me, higher, lower, pretty easy game. You got a 50% chance uh, of hitting if you got a little knowledge. Uh, if Jock's in there for the next Suns game, hit higher. I don't care what the line, yeah. uh, what what the topic is there. Uh, you know, just, just do that. I, I, I just have fun with it and... Parlay a lot of it. You, you add a lot of, uh, of legs to it because you can go, uh, you can get up to twenty times your money uh, by just going five deep on these higher and lowers. Uh, it's my favorite thing to do. And you guys can search in the app store or click the link in the show notes and make sure that you sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars, so you can get some free cash to play with. And you can have a heck of a lot of fun. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. All right. So last night, obviously, all eyes were on Devin Booker. And one, Monty Williams, was also very complimentary of Book last night. He said he's probably the most complete player in the league right now. I mean, there's no weaknesses in his game, and he's scoring everywhere. He's scoring in the post. He's scoring from three. He's scoring off the dribble. He's been attacking the rim, getting into the basket, transition, and really efficient. He's just playing at a really high level and is intentional about it. I don't think it's forced at all. A lot of his offense is out of our stuff. Every once in a while, he's got to go into his bag and get off a shot. But for the most part, it's just been within the scheme of what we are trying to do on offense. Devin has taken his game to another level this season, and we're not the only ones who are seeing that. No, I was I was very surprised when he just came out and said that when I because I asked him about, uh, you know, it's obviously four games, but it, it does feel like this is the most complete basketball we've seen Booker play. So I asked him about it and he just came right out and was like, yeah, he's probably the most complete player in the NBA right now. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, well, who would you put who, who would you put against him? Uh, probably, Not to put you on the spot. No, I mean, but. I would I would probably put Giannis up there. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. But I, I mean, you could you could name a number of guys that are still in that conversation, and it just depends on what you're looking for on a night to night basis. But it is cool to see Monty. Not only back up his guy, because you see coaches back up their star player all the time, but to actually have a valid point through four games in the season, small sample size, but like that is pretty cool, and it's really 
been impressive to see the way that he's carried the offense for stretches, the way that he's just putting it all together right now. Well, defensively, too. I mean, we talked about it last night, but what he did on Clay Thompson defensively, like, he had the right to talk because he shut he did shut him down in, in the plays that he was directly on him, and, and Book has done those little things. He's even playing Point Book, which we've hated in the past, you hate it. Okay. <laughs> Gerald you said, guys don't love me. The that intelligent people on the panel hate, uh, <laughs> hated uh, in the past, but you know he's actually done that efficiently and effectively this year as well. He methodically goes through each part of his game each offseason and, and picks those things to get better on, and he's done a fantastic job uh, of it this year again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just and it and it's opened up things for everybody else too, especially with. Mikhail and Cam handling the rock more with Chris having to adjust, but being willing to take those catch and shoot looks like this offense is going to be much more multifaceted come playoff time. It's going to be harder to stop. I think for that reason, especially if book is able to get the ball out of double teams the way he has so far. Sorry, I was distracted from our technical difficulties. I apologize. (laughs) Our screen keeps going off and I don't know why, but you know, Producer Emma is running around like a banshee trying to fix everything. I appreciate her very much. Yes. Emma dealing with a dilemma. (laughs) Yes. How have you seen, we were talking about Devin, how have you seen his game kind of evolve? Even though it's a small sample size, of course, we've only played four games this season, but how are you kind of feeling about what the season could hold for him? There's a point in everybody's career, at least the greats, where they just make things look easy. And I talked about this last night where you would look up and you're just like, Jesus, he has 35, you know, or whatever he has. Um, and that's that that's what is separating Devin Booker from everybody else because he's just so methodical. He it's it's routine sometimes how how efficient he is. And then you're going to get a game where he's going to go off for 45, 50 points this season. And then everybody's going to be like, holy crap, wow, Devin Booker. And then they're going to start to notice the stats. And they're going to see that Devin Booker's averaging in the high 20s, if not in the 30s. Um, at this rate, I'd be shocked if, if Devin Booker didn't average over 30 this year. And if he does that, like I said last night, to me, uh, if he carries this team all the way to a top two seed, three seed in the West, he's in the, in, in the running for MVP. And I think if you were to break it down right now, uh, Devin Booker – has been the more complete player in the entire league, and he, he would be the MVP today if we gave that out after four games. Right. <laughs> Which would well, be spectacular. Yeah. Let's do it. He's the MVP in our hearts again. Four-game MVP. There you go. <laughs> Hang it. I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to see what this season holds for Devin because we've talked so much about when is he going. Like We've talked about his prime, and is this his prime, but I feel like he... He was so close the last two seasons, but now that he has all of this playoff experience, he's taken some lumps Mm -hmm. in the postseason. I really think it's, it's just different now. And I don't know. It's just a different vibe. I don't know. He's got so much more oomph to him. Even when he speaks, the way that he speaks about the game, things like last night's little kerfuffle between him and Clay, it's just so different feeling than Devin that we saw three so odd years ago. Yeah. He feels so much more confident and secure in who he is as a basketball player. And I think that's what that's what the next step is. Because once you have that, like he's always had confidence in himself. I'm not saying he hasn't. But once it is completely solidified with zero question in his mind, that opens the door for just... Don't let 
Don't let Devin Booker win a championship. (laughs) Don't let Devin Booker win a championship. Yeah, he might just win three or four. Devin Booker might give it to the whole league like, yeah, you you thought it couldn't be done, and I'm never going to shut up again. Yeah. (laughs) Hello in the chat said, Book two years ago would have had the emotions hurt him. It helped him last game. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, like, you can't really get under his skin as much as you may have once been able to. He's that kind of guy. You know, like, when you're – mouthing off back and forth with somebody and they're trying to get under your skin and you're just sitting there real calm like with a shitting grin on your face and it makes you even more mad that you can't get them mad oh yeah that's devin's game now like you can't get him flustered anymore and that's why i always kind of enjoyed or appreciated the fact that after he would hit a game winner or a big time shot a lot of the times he wouldn't really celebrate like you see guys do he would just kind of like you know he'd be pumped up obviously but he would just take it back to the bench and he wouldn't be, you know, fist pumping or, or, you know, celebrating the way that you see all these guys do. And it was just kind of like he is building this on his resume. He's internalizing all of this so that when the bigger moments with actual stakes actually come and he's in those situations, he's been there before. Like yeah. it's it's a young vet type move that they always call him the oldest young soul on the team. <laughs> um, and, he's been and, like that since he was 18. Right. Man, like. <laughs> he has. I, th- I think the last two years were building the foundation, right? Uh, and, and putting him in a position uh, mentally to, to really take over things. I mean, it's human nature to have a little bit of imposter syndrome, no matter how much you believe in yourself, when things haven't gone right. Mm-hmm. And he had so much of that early in his career. The last two years, I think, locked it in where it's like, no, I, I am as good as, as I've felt over time. And it reminds me of... You remember his Nike commercial, the uh, the animated one? Yeah. It's only crazy until you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's doing it now. Right. Everybody thought it was crazy talk. Any of the stuff he's been he's done over the last two years in those five that were the dark days. But now, none of it sounds crazy. Winning an MVP, winning a championship, winning a finals MVP, you know, all-star MVP, any of that, none of it sounds crazy uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. And... And that's huge, right? And and to your point, if he wins one, this league's in a lot of trouble because that's going to go to the next level. Yeah, and you guys thought we were insufferable now. <laughs> imagine <laughs> Just with a wait. ring under the belt. Just wait. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine it now. Yeah. Poor Twitter. <laughs> in Poor shambles. Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it is, it's impressive because he – we talk about how he's in year eight, but he's only got two playoff runs under his belt. So, and last year we've talked about this was the first time that this team really took lumps. The first year they overachieved last year, they got kicked in the teeth and now I'm excited to see how they respond this year. Hello in the chat says Espo can get worse. Oh, there's a whole nother level. (laughs) Just you wait. (laughs) So Saul, you mentioned MVP talks surrounding Devin. Obviously again, we know, only four games into the season, but Espo, if one of us were to place a futures bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app for Devin to win the MVP, what kind of odds are we looking at here? Well, Lindsay, it's a great question and uh, one that I think we discussed before the show because that was a beautiful setup there. Uh, you're looking at it at plus 4,000 right now for Devin Booker to win MVP. And that's my pick of the week, my DraftKings pick of the week. Go put some shekels down on Devin Booker winning MVP at plus four four thousand. Yeah, who's, right. Who's, who's got better odds than him right yeah, now? Yeah. Okay. What, well, what's th- the? This list is quite fun. Uh, hold on, right here. 
uh, LeBron James, James Harden, Zion Williamson, uh, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, John Morant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Luka Doncic. In that order, I'll have better odds. Yeah. John Morant is at plus 700. Do you know what a shekel is? It's like a, a silver it, coin. Yeah, it's a, it's a coin. Yeah, yeah. But, but like uh, what kind of a coin specifically? Silver that you spend on stuff? No, I, like, no. like what? It's, it's a, a it's, saying. It's, I was just asking if you knew what a shekel was. <laughs> well, what is it? It is a, a prehistoric, basically, thing. It's, a, it's like It was used in Greek mythology. Uh, it's a gold coin, not silver. Oh. And uh, yeah. So, Saul had Wikipedia I on did. the ready. I sure so did. Good on I that. Like, I just was always wondering, what does a shekel mean? And here we are. He was like, you know what? It pisses me off when he uses this word. I gotta look. Hold on. Why, why is Zion at plus twenty five hundred though? And Devin Booker's at plus four thousand. Because people really believe the Zion hype, and it's it makes no sense. Well, you you talk about it naming an MVP after four games. There's a chance he plays like all of five games, and you want him to win MVP. I mean, come on. I, come on. I, I won't lie. I do feel bad for Zion. Like that. Well, I, I'm not saying I, I don't feel bad for him, but I think it's ludicrous that he's plus 2,500 oh, yeah. to win MVP. I agree. I agree. Well, if you want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you want to take Espo's pick of the week and put a shekel or two down on Devin winning the MVP, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up using the promo code PHNX because when you use that promo code when you sign up, you can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's a great way to get some free bets from DraftKings and then place those on futures bets or take a little extra risk on some of your bets. Maybe do uh, an extreme same-game parlay type of thing. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% an ex- with DraftKings same-game parlays. I like the idea of a extreme same-game Yeah, same you game know par- those ones that are like 13 legs long <laughs> that could win you like $400,000 or something like that? You're, but the odds home- of it actually hitting are like none? Your homework assignment for tomorrow is I want Lindsay's extreme oh, same-game parlay. Well. <laughs> but one more time, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Hertz Donuts. They brought us a wide variety of donuts today. One of the boxes is already gone. Yes. Um, they're so, so good. They are. They are so bomb. Last time I came here, Cheerson and I stole some when the Sun Devils <laughs> were on their show. L- listen, Lindsay, they are that good. Lindsay and these damn donuts <laughs> are like... It's just ridiculous. She literally takes a bite out of every single one. I am that one. person yeah. who will take a bite out of every one just to know which one I like. But you Let's know. make it clear. She cut the pieces out. I did cut out. it. I didn't right. take she a legit did. bite. And then she tried to stab people with the knife. But that's <laughs> totally yeah. that, that was totally she different. She literally tried to stab Jacob in the throat <laughs> when I went Not to hug I don't know if it was the throat. But no yeah. such I mean, thing. it was pretty close to the throat. I yeah. did no such thing. Yeah, he's got a mark on his <laughs> that, neck. That's right. It wasn't Lindsay. It was Chelsea. Yeah. It was Chelsea. Yeah, it was, it was very much uh, Brooks not wanting to leave prison kind of vibes right there. <laughs> if you guys want to check out their spooky Halloween dozen uh, at Hertz Donuts, visit their Tempe location. Tell them PHNX sent you, and our guy Blake will hook you up. Also, do you, do you think their spooky Balake. dozen has a has a Shawshank Donut theme? <laughs> Let's go. I hope they do. That'd be oh awesome. My God. And it's Balake. It's not Blake. <laughs> 
Is it really? No. Oh, I was like, for real, for real? Oh, my God. Balake. Balake. Hey, hey, Ron. Hey. You never know these days. You never know these days. Jay Quillen. So Manny in the chat said, uh, just saw Saul giving Lindsay flowers again. Less than 24 hours later, Lindsay killed those flowers with an awkward hug. Hurt. Life comes at you fast. And then they dropped us a super chat and said, Espo, Gerald, hug it out on the show and show them how it's done. Oh, here you go. go. There oh, we go. That's the good stuff. So sweet. So sweet. Those are two people uh, comfortable <laughs> in their manhood right there. Manny, thank you for your super chat. Listen, all I'm going to say, Saul, is you know the type of person you are when it comes to affection, right? You and I are on the same page, so why would you expect differently from me? I'm not it's just so out funny. here handing out hugs left and right. It's so funny how the screen went black once you started talking about hugs and me. Lindsay That's how and I feel. Saul are hugging my, right now. This is, a, this is a look into my soul right now. It is dark. Oh, it's my tough. gosh. Hello, tough. darkness, my old friend. Also, real quick, before we move on, hello in the chat said, Chelsea, the one who eats others' food in the fridge, and absolutely <laughs> the F not. Hello? Um, I would never. That's so rude. We also have another super chat. I'll read this okay, one. Okay, you um, read that one. Uh, a super chat by Icon says, Clay has f- said four rings. Book said uh, 14 inches. Oh, man. Thank you for the $5 Icon. super chat. <laughs> Icon. Damn it. You could have done better. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> I think what he actually said was, hey, fat fake Clay could have played better than you tonight. So, oh, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Are we? We oh, have right. new information on a potential ownership group for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> sure. And this one's interesting. So uh-huh. this one might include a familiar face in Charles Barkley, but maybe other another really big name as well. Like I saw the Suns are coming up again. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be surprised if you're getting floated around in one of the 19 groups that are uh, going after this team. Well, you know, the problem is my phone has been blowing up. But I'm telling, like, guys, I am very well paid, but I don't have $4 billion just sitting around. <laughs> because, right. you know, the, the team is probably going to go for, like, $4 billion. Yeah. And, yeah, I got money, but I'm not even, like, like I say, and, and, I, and I'm not going to waste a lot of money for 5% so I can say I'm one of the owners of a team. I'd rather right. have that and I'd rather have that money because yeah, my ego's not like, yeah, I'm one of the owners of the sun. I got twenty million dollars in it. I own like a percentage. So I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather rather have I'd rather have the twenty million dollars personally. Well, the days of somebody being able to put in a little bit amount of money and run the team, those days are over. But that, oh, that uh-huh. was a, yes. that was a moment. The one guy who might pull it off, and I heard I'm probably breaking some news here, but I heard Obama's involved in one of the groups. And that's the one guy that I feel like they would make him the actual face and the money guys would be so happy to have him at the front that they would just be like, cool. Yeah, you. you well, you can... well, well, time out. Yeah. If Obama, if Obama called me, hell yeah, I'm buying him. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, if, if Obama calls me, if President Obama calls me and says, hey, would you be a part on a team? Hell yeah. You know, I got so much love and admiration for that. All right, guy. So you, you're throwing your hat in the ring. Great. First off, Charles Barkley just got a $200 million contract from TNT, right? Mm -hmm. Works from a major media company. What the hell was with that camera angle, Chuck? Come on, (laughs) I love you, man, but come on, really? Really? 
I thought you were going to talk about the financial aspect, but oh no, no, the camera angle. The camera angle. <laughs> Listen, Espo, he's old. He doesn't mess with any of the camera systems at ESPN. They set that shit up for him. He's old. But Give him a break. Pay for somebody comes set up your oh, shit at home. Why would he do that? Because he's rich and he can. And he's keeping his money so uh, he can buy the Suns with Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack, Barack, Barack Obama. Well, what I loved about that clip was Charles is like, nah, nah, I'm going to save my money. I'm not going to do that. The second Bill Simmons said, there's that rumor that Barack Obama might uh, might be one of the people in one of these uh, ownership groups. If he calls you, oh, hell yeah, I'd be in. Like, <laughs> like, he's like, I want nothing to do with it. And then Barack was on the table. He's like, oh, I'm changing my mind now. Like, could you imagine an ownership group? with Because... Look, neither of them would be the the money behind it, right? So you could have an ownership group that, let's say it's Lorene Jobs, uh, that's in there. So Steve Jobs' widow, uh, Barack Obama, Charles Barkley owning this team uh, is a far cry from where we've been the last 15, 18 years. That would be uh, be quite different. Let's do it. It would be quite different. Because you know the two of them would be the face of this team. Oh, yeah. Regardless of how much money they put up, it it would be the two of them doing all the media conversations. They yeah. would be in the front office on a more regular basis, helping that front office make the moves and whatnot. And being a part of, could you imagine those two being a part of like your recruiting program? <laughs> Jesus, that would be I wild. can't imagine those two in the same room together, I let mean, alone part of a recruiting You walk pitch. into a room with Barack Obama, Charles Barkley, Devin Booker, and Monty yeah, Williams. How are you not yeah, signing yeah. with that team? Yeah, oh, 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 saying, Obama saying, like, uh, Chuck, oh, what do you think about this? Uh, <laughs> and then Chuck just being like, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> like, no, I, I don't see those two really jiving together. But yeah. look, look, that's like... Dreaming you know, is free. You know, Pat Riley supposedly takes all his rings and lays them on the table. Does and, he really? Yeah, that's, that, that's been the, the kind of the, the story. But could you imagine? You don't need rings in that room. You're like, look at all these people that are they're in ownership here and how much money's involved in this. Yeah, I'm interested in coming and playing for the Suns. That might be good. Like, how for years it's been the detriment. Oh, as long as is Sarver, you know, the, the future former owner doesn't get involved in, in this, maybe we have a chance of getting this player. And now it'll be, oh, no, we want him to meet the ownership group. Let's get him in here. Yeah, that'll work. That's a selling point. It, it would be a selling point. We've come a long way from surprising LaMarcus Aldridge with Tyson Chandler. Oh. Every easy pitches, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why do you bring up old shit? We're on the up and up. We're on the up and up. Yeah. Let's get it done by Christmas. We'll I don't be know, rocking around the Christmas tree. Did, oh. in, the, in that, did he just say that there were like some like nineteen, 19 some no, odd yeah. ownership I'm about to groups? Up yeah, it's putting it, out some stuff. There's a lot of different people that are throwing their hat in the ring, trying to. You know, listen, th- there might be something like nineteen ownership groups that are they're vying for this, but it's probably more like there are nineteen pretty highly successful entities that are trying to get the right people involved yeah. Yeah. to build a, a, a cohesive pitch to buy the team and so uh and 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 i know like somebody said in the chat that sarver wants to sell to one person right there's there's only a handful of people that could pull that off individually plus those people don't want to spend all their money to be able to do even jeff bezos as 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 much as he has million uh, billions and billions of dollars in the world he still doesn't want to put in four or five billion dollars. He'd rather do like two or three, have a majority ownership stock, and then have the rest kind of diluted with everybody else. Look, if Robert Sarver does not care if it's one person 
or it's half a billion people, as long as the number is 4.8 billion or, yeah. you know, like something in that 4 billion range, he's going to happily accept it and walk away. It does not matter who the group is. Yeah, yeah I, he's not going to be overly particular. Plus, the NBA has a lot of say in this as well, so... Yeah, the, it's, the it's an league. interesting dynamic, that's for sure. But uh, so uh, Brian in the chat says Sarver does not pick who he sells it to. That is incorrect. He, he does. does. He actually, in his bylaws, he can sell it for the entire group. That's part of what this yeah. is. Now the NBA does have a very big say in this. It. Yeah, they have to approve the sale. They have to approve the new owner. But in this initial stage, he gets to choose. Now, I don't know how complicated it gets with his uh, with his suspension. How yeah. much he can be involved, I'd imagine uh, that that he uh, he can be because it's the sale and not actual day-to-day basketball business. Brian, I don't know why you're saying that's false. It's been reported, but okay. So Yeah, because, I mean, ESPN had reported it as well. Um, I've heard things internally that were saying that Sarver is planning to sell the, in, the, the entire team. Um, it's just... It's, it's a unique sort of an investment because in a traditional type of investment, it's not like you can just get booted out the door, but you kind of can because even if you're invested in a company, right, like you have Apple stock and Apple decides to split or whatever or create more shares, oh, yeah. you don't have a say in that. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. And you can either sell them or you can keep them. So I don't know. Hello in the chat says, you guys have the Adams family hand at PHNX. Yeah, uh, no, that do. was actually uh, Max. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Max. Master salesman. Also, yes. I like Icon. The NBA would prove Lucifer over the future former owner of the Suns. Oh, that's tough. I mean, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Speaking of the NBA. Nope. Nope. Keep this job today. So. Uh, Adam Silver had some interesting thoughts recently. So mm-hmm. apparently he came and spoke to Suns employees uh, opening night and shared a whole bunch of sentiments and different things. But one of the things that he had mentioned within that conversation was the NBA and his thoughts on how to combat tanking in the league. And he said he's considered relegation as a punishment for tanking. I love it. Oh. I mean, it'll I'll never be happen. honest with you, that's a, that's a pipe dream if I've it, ever it, seen it, one. It'll never happen, but I have idealized how it could happen. Okay, do tell. I'm All excited right. to so, hear this. So we have 30 teams in the NBA. Let's just say we expand to the t- – to the two that have been predominantly talked about, Vegas and Seattle, okay? Mm-hmm. You have 32 teams. You have 16 that you should have in the G League level, but each six uh, and all 16 would have to be independently owned uh, for, uh, away from the team that they're, they're affiliated. affiliated with. You know, so, so your development program, to a degree, would be squashed uh, in this scenario. So 32, 16, the top two in the, the lower league, the G League, would be promoted if uh, with the best record, and the worst two in the NBA would drop down to the G League. The problem with it that everybody's going to point out is you can't have big market teams not be a part of this, uh, this equation because let's just say a couple years ago, several years ago, when the Knicks were one of the worst teams in the NBA, you can't have a New York team drop out and you lose that market share. That's the, that's the problem with this, but... The benefit to it is no matter what time of the year, you're always trying to win. So not only would it curb, um, you know, tanking, it would curb load management. It would curb a lot of the things that right now are ailing the sport uh, in a negative way. It'll never happen. 
It'll no. just never happen because nobody pays $4 billion for a fucking G League team, right? right? So, uh, you know, like the Suns, if they were to ever fall out of, you know, the, the, the level that they are right now, you would never, ever, ever expect them to go and be relegated and play somebody in fucking Cedar Falls, Iowa or whatever. Well, that's a problem. The facilities wouldn't be up to... Uh, up to NBA standards in these uh, in the G League cities in most case, cases. Yeah, that doesn't so matter that, so much in hockey, though. They're making, well, <laughs> hey now. Sorry, Coyotes uh, fans. I love you. You went there. <laughs> oh, but I hate the Coyotes. <laughs> Saul's over here throwing We're wearing strays, coyotes. but I'm the one who hates the Coyotes. Look, uh, I, I actually <laughs> have a different solution okay. here that I'd like to pitch uh, since we're, we're playing in fantasy land a little bit. Uh, what about having over a five-year period, there's a Mendoza line that's set, right? You have to win this percentage of games. Otherwise, it's a forced sale of the team. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> look, what this comes down to is money talks in this league, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And if if these guys aren't getting punished for losing, either on purpose to try to get better or just because – in, in, like, the Clippers situation for all those years, just bad management. The or the Knicks, in, in every estimation, because of bad management, there should be some fail-safes in here to get owners that are not doing what's best for the game out. But five years, and that how many does NBA teams sell for too much? You'd have a revolving door where you don't you're going to run out of billionaires to buy the, you new, won't. the team for the you're, next time. You, you won't run out. and you are taking it back in line. Like, I'm going to own the Suns 30 but, years from now. Okay. At that rate. Hold on. Well, if you have a billion dollars, we've done really well here. <laughs> or you have something else cooking that I need to know about we could talk after the show. But to me, you set that line pretty, okay. like, 20% in your games. Okay. If you oh. win below 20 like, I'm okay. talking egregious losing from a franchise. You mean like a 19-win so like season? A, like a oh, Sam Hinkie... Basically, well, I think the Suns, 19 would be over the Mendoza line. No. That's yeah. 20%. 20%, yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. that's 25%. You'd have, you'd have to determine. You'd have <laughs> to determine what the. Got, yeah, you you're see right. The was trying to do yeah, it. I, I was like, oh, 100. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm not a math major for a re- I hate analytics because of the math in it, not because of the, the theory behind it. But, but you figure out what the. You, you use analytics and and everything to figure out what that line is but at some point you have to say there's punishment for this and we're well i don't think relegation would work if there's a stiffer penalty i'm going to lose this cash cow there's all these other people that would line up to get this i'm gonna make sure i'm winning at least one of those five years okay here's Here's my count. Like, obviously, we all know that relegation isn't happening. Adam Silver even walked back his comments. He said he wasn't deadly serious about it. And everybody knows the owners would never go for it. They'd yeah. rather fire Adam Silver before that ever happens. Yeah. Um, because you just can't have NBA talent playing at a G League level. It has to be structured from the very jump that right. way. You can't right. do it but midway not, through something. Yeah, yeah but it's not going to happen. And I think it's a, I would not like it at all. I think it's a terrible idea. And I also think... Unpopular opinion. I like tanking. I think tanking is a good thing because if you're a fan base in a small market with a terrible team, your hope is rebuilding through the draft. You want to take away their odds to get a good draft pick who can turn things around. 
I like tanking. I like, can, let them to give the fan base something to be excited about. It can be fun down the stretch of the season to see guys that barely play. I, I have two words that's going to blow this up. I like tanking. Sacramento Kings. How do you sell tanking to to their fans okay, who have been doing not, it perpetually? They've been loyal to shit the whole that's time. That's not their fault about, that they can't. Pick the right freaking player in the draft. No, it's not what the about, fans. No, that's not the fans' fault or the team's fault. It's the front office's fault. What about right? a part of the team? I'm talking about players. But what no, about a team like OKC who continuously turns those assets into more draft picks and more draft picks and more draft picks, and they never lead anywhere? They've been they've been bottom dwellers in the third of the, the last the bottom third of the league for the last five six seasons because Let that's him. just apparently that's just the method that they're going to go about. Let they're going to they're going to sell hope. But never achieve anything. Fuck that. What? They should be gone. But that's Without their, hope, that's there's no their... true despair, Gerald. But that's what I'm saying. You need you need to have hope. Because I, I just, I don't think, like, the OKC is an interesting example because they've gone fully overboard. Like, they, they've gone full Sam Hinkie. They have 895 in picks in the next yeah. five drafts. Right. But their fan base is still invested because they have the, all those draft picks. Because the draft is interesting to them. Because... Hope. Yeah, hope. that's an okay thing hope. to have. Like fucking okay, threatening but- them with relegation is stupid because then you take all of the hope away, and it's like fuck. We got to watch them play a G League. T- oh, like that's I, dumb. I agree with the relegation, that's but stupid. but at, at what point? Wh- name me a team that's won a title tanking. Okay, I'll Cleveland? tell. I can't. I can't give you that. But what I will point to is <laughs> yeah. you have a franchise. The San Antonio Spurs. Also, the Warriors. They had that really, really, years. really bad year. <laughs> yeah, they got Weissman. That's not why they won. No, yeah. I'm not saying that's why they won. But the Warriors are a team you could look at. That's like, okay, they're doing it right. That, you have to be able to draft that's well. That's the idea that's the, behind that's the it. Problem. Yeah, you can't be mad at the Kings based. for tanking because they can't draft well. Well, no, but that's if I'm the, the league, Kings fan base and no, their their fault, that's their homeboy no, in the front office. No, that's their owner for right. hiring them. But at, at some point, you have to not accept that in your league. You can't have crap constantly uh, in your league for decades at a time. I mean, we but dealt with it here for a decade. Somebody's got to lose. Kings haven't been tanking intentionally. They've just been shitty at drafting. That's a different issue. You can't make teams draft better. That is true. Like that's their fucking that problem. Is true. <laughs> that's just and an at issue. some point. If the owner can't figure this shit out, you get somebody in there that can run the business. That's fair, but that does that has nothing to do with the tanking side of it. Yeah, but you also can't make that move either because, like, okay, PHNX, for example, because somebody who runs, whoever runs our business, all can't. I was like, wait, careful where you're going. No, <laughs> like, like the, the fuck you trying to say right now? The First you won't example. give me a hug. Now you're going to tell me I'm no. a fucking terrible GM? No. Fuck that. But, like, you're going to say that the NBA can come in and kick out an owner because they're, quote, unquote, bad at their job. No business that is owned by somebody. Brandon is not going to fire himself Hold because on. we say he's bad no, at his job. But the right. market will fire Brandon if he's bad at his job because this will fail. The difference is but in the NBA. But you can't fail in the NBA. But that's the difference here. You can fail as an owner and building the product, but because it's built where they share revenue, you can't fail financially. And that's the problem. That's why you have to have something to to fix this issue 
because you're not going to lose out because of finances. Nobody's going to nobody's going to go bankrupt running a sports team because it's built where you can't. I mean, it's a it's a fun idea, but at the same time, like you know, the owners will never volunteer for something that could have them ousted in five or years or lose money. Like none Absolutely of them would not. ever go. They're for not going to lose money. They're going to wind up making money when they're forced to sell. Just ask the future former owner of the Suns. He's going to make what he bought it at four hundred. A million, he's gonna make four billion. Like everybody's so mad at us for who? yelling yeah. right now. Because everybody, because <laughs> Espo was screaming. I was yelling a little bit too. My bad. I'm the Sorry, only calm y'all. one. I'm just saying, what got us through the tough years, that tough decade? It was always looking to the draft. Drinking. It was always well, that's and then when we finally, we finally got the number one pick. <laughs> right. And that was exciting. And, and we and drafted then well. Thought and we screwed theater. it up. And like, oh shit! I didn't say we screwed it up. I said there was a better choice. Oh my right. God! Are we, we going down this fucking show. road today? We have a couple <laughs> super chats to get there. to. Uh, Heritage Financial said, "Lindsay, good job explaining a stock split. Hit me up if you ever need a job. <laughs> Keep it in mind whenever Saul decides to fire me for not giving hugs back." Uh, Icon said, "And tanking by giving everyone that misses the playoffs just one lottery ball." <laughs> That would suck for those what? teams, though. Yeah. Why not give the best team the number one pick and the worst team the 30th it, pick? Espo. Psycho Blue also has a super chat for <laughs> us. Thank Reels. you, Psycho Blue. Said Basketball Cthulhu says, The defeated speak not. Be still, Brittle Clay. And the King's <laughs> owner needs to be yeeted. Poor Zach fans. <laughs> okay. Well, um, all I know is that I feel like all of us on this show could use some OGs because we got a little... All of us. We got a little spicy there. Maybe not you, but you were <laughs> spicy off the top. So throughout the show, all of us had our spicy moments. You made so me maybe, this way, maybe we need to indulge in some OGs today. If you guys have not checked out OGs brands, we highly recommend them. They have some really great products and they just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. You won't want to sleep on these. They are two to one THC CBN ratio gummy. And CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. And it's in their new Aquaberry flavor, which is quite tasty. Oh, so check them out online at OGsBrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at OGsBrands. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary. But you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Also, our friends over at More Furniture are having a fall sale at MoreFurniture.com. It's a great time to... Treat yourself to a new couch, maybe some of those really cool like lounge chairs that we have over at the office to watch games in. Those things are legit. I'm obsessed with them. They have Me like too. they have like plugs to charge your phone. You can adjust the headrest, you can adjust the back, you can adjust the feet, like everything. It's so many gizmos and gadgets on those chairs. It's the best way to watch games. And right now you'll receive a one hundred dollar gift card for every one thousand dollars you spend. They're the best invention since Fluffernutter. I, I just, I love those chairs. Yeah, I did. You just say Fluffernutter? <laughs> How many shekels does it take to buy some Fluffernutter? <laughs> Depends. Are they silver or gold? So we've had disputing reports. Oh my god. Okay, I think we should go. Um, Saul and I have to go to therapy now and work on our relationship. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. We have another show for you at 3 p.m. So plan to come hang out with here with us here on YouTube live if you can make it. If not, you can always catch the show on whatever platform 
you listen to your podcasts on. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Espo at Espo. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. Espo, take us home. Congratulations, Eric Bledsoe, on signing with the Shanghai Sharks. I don't want to be here, so you can take me with you. Ahoy, ahoy. PHNX, though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B.